0: Think you know what way it's gonna go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or in one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Wanna bet? Head to SportsInteraction.com/sdpn. Steve Dangle Podcast Network. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So welcome everyone. My name is Clay Emo. I'm Knut Clay, and welcome to Steve Dangle Podcast Network, the SDPN show called Game Over. There's only two games happening in the NHL. One of them, I know, there's an Ottawa show, and now for everyone that's still here with me late. Thank you for waiting for me. As we get going, make sure you subscribe to the this channel SDPN. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you tweet out right now that we're on we're going to be talking about the Canucks for the next 40 to 45 minutes. And if you're listening on a pod, podcast platform, make sure you rate and review as well. Yes, I was a little bit discombobulated because I didn't my plan was to go to the game and then check out Samantha Chang hosting the show, and then I was hopefully going to be talking about a Canucks win-loss. I don't know what I was going to be talking about. Uh, Not, you know, just kind of supporting Sam. But unfortunately Sam fell ill today, and then I was able to step in, albeit a tiny bit late. I was at the game, and therefore I can give you a first-hand account of what I experienced at the game, and uh, the sights and the sounds, and just some of the craziness that that was happening here. So I appreciate you all being here, and, okay, that was the last of the technical glitches. I got four screens going, and I'm at my office. Basically, my point is I didn't get all the way home by 10.30. So the best, next best thing, I got to my office, and here I am for the rest of the show. So you're with me. No guests tonight. I don't want to make anyone stay up until 10.30 on a Friday night to talk about a 4-1 loss, the Vancouver Canucks, to the Colorado Avalanche. The same Avalanche team that the Canucks beat two weeks ago, 4-2, in the same arena. But... Uh, it was I, I, there's just so much going on. I think the key word tonight is noise. We heard Tyler Myers speak extensively about the noise that is surrounding this team. So I'll get to the noise. That'll kind of be the second part of my show. For this first part, I will break down the game. It won't, it won't take that long because there wasn't a lot to talk about. And then I want to show you some of the swag that I got uh, today. And then we'll head into your the, the talk about Bruce Boudreaux and the the kind of the i guess the what do you call it the results of the the press conference from earlier this week and then the third segment i'll get to all of your questions so first segment breakdown of the game second segment an extensive talk about the noise surrounded this team and then third segment i'll get to all of your questions and comments so stay active in the chat um thank you very much for being here I apologize for all the technical difficulties. I will edit those out for the podcast. Don't worry, Andrew and Robert and and crew. And let's get going right now. So the Canucks, we knew this was going to be an interesting night. A good night at the start because they're going to wear their flying skate jerseys once again. And I'll show that one off to you in a few minutes as I end off the first segment. And if you look at the the game overall, it was 4-1 for Colorado. The shots were even, 29-29. I wouldn't say that Colorado dominated, I haven't seen the advanced stats mind you, but I wouldn't say that Colorado dominated the Canucks, the Canucks certainly didn't dominate Colorado, however, uh, when you give the Stanley Cup champions two, not just one, but two, five on threes, two, two man advantages, you know it's gonna be tough, and guess what, both Colorado power play goals were scored on a two man advantage. I know it's over simplistic to say you take away those two goals and it was only a 2-1 game, but it's true. You take away those two play goals and it was only a 2-1 game. So let's go through the goals really quickly. In the first period, it was kind of even a kind of sleepy start. Uh, It was sleepy in that uh, there wasn't a lot of intensity, but there also weren't a lot of whistles. I don't know if you noticed that in the first period at the game. I was there with my lovely wife, Gail. It felt really fast. And the first period went by really quickly. Only one goal. That was Andrew Cogliano. And I, I remember it was Dermot, it was Bear. They were kind of uh, trying to get the puck around the boards. Then Miller, had a, I believe, had a chance to make a play out of the boards. I'm not blaming Miller. I'm not a Miller basher. But Miller did give up the puck to um, Alex Newhook, and Newhook got it to Cogliano in the slot, and he beat Colin Delia. Not a surprise starter, by the way. Spencer Martin gave up four in the first period against Tampa. Delia shut out the Lightning for the next two periods. So it was Delia tonight. And obviously with a back-to-back tomorrow, with Edmonton tomorrow, it'll be Spencer Martin. So Delia plays tonight. Cogliano beats him. And going into the first intermission, it was only one nothing. But at the end of the first period, the Canucks took back-to-back penalties. I think Besser put, uh, went over the glass. And then Shen got called for a hold or a hook. So then, basically, Colorado starts the second period with a one-minute on the two-man advantage. And there's too much talent between Ranson and McKinnon, Nichuskin, uh, and that's who ended up scoring. So it was a... Colorado's very patient on the 5 on 3. They just didn't hammer pucks at the net and chase rebounds. They moved it around, moved it around, moved it around, moved it around, moved it around. And then Comper finds Nich- Nichushkin in the slot. It goes off both him and Myers and it gets behind Colin Delia. You can't really blame him, Delia, on a 5 on 3. So now it's 2 0 Colorado. We're like, oh, this is this is not looking good. Then, inexplicably, Colorado gets another two uh, man advantage halfway through the period. And this one's Miko Rantanen. And this one, you know, this happened right in front of me. This was on my end of the rink. So I, I, I saw a lot of goals. I, I guess that's a good thing. Um, but that was it was a shot off the end boards. And I guess on one hand, you, you saw Rantan bank it off Adelia, Delia. And that happened right in front of me. I thought Delia could have saved it. But I guess on the other hand, um, Delia was so far on the other side and the puck came off the board so quickly. I don't know. I still think some goalies may have made that save. I'm not blaming him completely. But that was one where I think Although it was a 5 one 3 he may have made that save. So there we go. Then it becomes 5 3-0 uh, Colorado. Pedersen gives the fans a bit of life exactly two minutes later, and he scores a really nice play. Besser finds it from the net, and Pedersen shows a lot of patience, a lot of poise, puts it around the goaltender, and then it was 3-1 Vancouver, Pedersen's 19th of the season, which sounds really good until you hear that uh, Mikko Rantanen has 32 goals on the season. But yes, uh, Pedersen puts it past Gorgiev. Georgiev and then it's 3-1 and then maybe you think okay it's not a sure thing but at least if the Canucks can get into the second intermission down two it's not ideal but it's not as bad as being down three and hometown hero Maple Ridge's own Brad Hunt scores on a bit of a weird fluky goal Uh, Colorado was was pinning the Canucks in the Canucks zone and then Hunt just kind of does a it wasn't even a hard slap shot it was a slap shot Harder than I could do, but he, he puts it and it gets through a bunch of bodies over Dilia, And now it's 4-1 going into the third period. And if you guys watch the game, not a lot of activity in the third period. It was, uh, the most activity you heard was uh, two Bruce there it is chance. And Bruce then tapping his heart as a as a way to say thank you or that that touches me. I'll get to that in a few minutes. And that was really the most exciting thing. There's some restlessness. There's some booing. Uh, no sell the team chance that were that were audible. That was one thing I was anticipating. But overall, it you could tell Colorado just wanted to wind up the game. It, it's almost like they felt bad for us. Vancouver didn't really do much to to fight their way into the game, and it ends off as a 4-1 victory for the visiting Avalanche. And I look at the team stats, 29 shots apiece, faceoffs whatever, 53-47 Vancouver. Power play big difference. Colorado goes 2 for 4, Vancouver goes 0 for 4. They did have an early power play in the third which might have given them some life, but they didn't do anything on it. And then the Canucks out-hit Avalanche 24 to 10, so they showed some intensity. They had more blocked shots. And of those 24 hits by the way, Luke Shen had 8 of them. So overall, uh, I don't the Canucks didn't play terribly, but they certainly didn't play well enough to win and against a Colorado even a shorthanded Colorado team no Kael McCarr no Gabriel Landeskog they still have some other really really good players head by led by Nathan McKinnon of course and they were simply too strong for Vancouver Canucks team that uh, you think they wouldn't be overmatched per se on paper given those absences but just the mental and emotional strain of everything that's happened last week I think you could say uh, not an excuse, but a contributing factor to the Canucks' loss. So that's kind of all I want to say about the game itself. It was it was fascinating being there to see the to see and hear the Bruce There It Is chance, and it was just uh, and I, this will kind of lead in my second segment. It was it just felt a tad strange being inside the rink. It felt a tad strange, but before we get to that. I want to remind all of you to subscribe to SDPN, to this YouTube channel. You can subscribe to me as well if you want to hear more Canucks talk. I try and keep it positive. I try and keep it timely. I I always keep it trustworthy. And so my channel is Canuck Clay right here on YouTube as well. Like the video as well. There's 40 of you in here, which is great. There's only seven likes. I like my 50% rule. So let's get those likes up to 20 or so as we continue on throughout the night. I'm so glad that you guys are here with me now coming up to 10:45 Pacific time, and if you're shout out to you if you're in a different time zone, Central or even Eastern or Maritimes, if it's 1:45 where you are, God bless you. And uh, but yeah, put in the chat where you're from. That's what I want to know. Put in your chat where the front where you're from, and then we'll we'll just take a, a minute to kind of acknowledge where everyone is watching from tonight. So I'll start. I live in Richmond, my beautiful neighborhood of Steveston in Richmond, but I'm in Vancouver in my office right now so um, oh Samantha's in here I just realized I went all this time and I just realized that Samantha is in here thank you for being here Samantha I hope you rest up <laughs> no sound yes that was not the best start but, but Sam I would never ever uh, throw you under the bus your your technical ability is just fine um, and I can uh, this is messy yes Connor no uh, um, no complaints from me here and yeah remember I tried to you know this was a kind of a makeshift Studio. I'm in right now. I'm at my workplace. Okay. So where are we from tonight? Fangirl is from northern BC. I actually know the city, but I will not divulge that on here. Maestro's in Surrey. Joe's in Michigan. Thank you for being here. We got our international flavor already. Kingsway is Connor. Thank you. Minnesota. Wow. The two of the first five I read are from the state. So thank you. We got Michigan. We got Minnesota. I know David's from Toronto. Thank you. Well, wow, we got Bend, Oregon. We got three, at least three viewers from the state. What are you guys doing? Uh, three people in the states and then uh, there's some others uh, as well. So thank you for being here. And and well, wow, we got Boise, Idaho. So now we have at least four people. Four Americans, or four people watching from the United States. So before I get to the noise surrounding this team, and Sam, if you're still in here, thanks for oh, Colorado, New Westminster, awesome. Sam, if you're still in here, uh, thank you for, for being in here, and I hope that you do indeed get better very soon. So one good thing, I guess, that came out of tonight is I got this, and it was a gift from the Canucks, I won't say how I got it, but I will just say that I'm very grateful that I got it. So this is what it looks like. I I got, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm a 48-year-old man, and I I'm not one to judge what you should get on a jersey, what name, what number. Uh, But and but all my jerseys are of players: Pedersen, Horvat, Hughes, um, Besser, so on and so forth. Yes, I even have a David Booth jersey. People who follow me for a long time know that. But I said, what the heck? This is a brand new jersey. It's a brand new era. Why not do something fun? So yes. Um, as a, I, as a 48 year old man, I did get my own Knut clay on here, and it's funny. Um, at the game itself tonight, I, I I get recognized a few times at a game because people say, "Oh, I love your channel. I love your stuff. I say thank you, thank you, thank you. I watch your vlogs." But then, because obviously I'm walking around with this on my back, I had more people almost like. Uh, even more people than, than normal at least say hi. So, shameless plug, sure. But has that ever stopped me before? And of course, we've been talking about this jersey quite a bit on my vlogs and even on this channel. I know that I think um, I think, Kaya talked about it on Wednesday night. This is what it looks like in its full glory. The skate, we know that there's no white now in the flying skate, in the speed lines or behind the writing. A couple other things in the if you can see it I'm not sure why well you can see it on this webcam but in the striping there's actually lines to make the V the the V on here there's no white down in the stripes there's no white actually along the number or the letters and then there's also a mountain range kind of here um, on the jersey in, on the neckline and there's no red trim so those are some of the subtle differences in this newer jersey so that was cool. I was wearing that. I'm not sure if I, how often I'm going to wear those to games. I, I don't know. Does it make me look like a try-hard or is that okay? Or, or that's never stopped me before. So why should it start me? Uh, why should it start right now? Yes, Steve to represent. And I did wear... I got the number one. I was going to get my birth year, which is 74. But then you guys will think that, um, like, I'm an Ethan Ethan Bear fanboy, which is fine. I really like Ethan Bear. I hope they re-sign him. But he's not my favorite player, and I I wouldn't usually get an Ethan Bear jersey. Then I thought I'd get number eight because that's my favorite number. The whole Chinese thing, Sam can uh, attest to it. It means, you know, prosperity and and success and good health. But uh, not the biggest. Yeah, Connor Garland's fine, but, uh, you know, there's that. Then, um, you know, I thought about getting 50 because I'm turning 50, but that's not for two years. So then that's even silly because I'm not even 49 yet. So why would I even skip a year? And then, um, so then I went with number one. Not because I think I'm number one. Uh, SDPN is number one. But um, I, I like Roberto Luongo. You guys know that. He's my favorite player of all time. I like Kirk McLean. And technically the number is not retired as we know. I, I, we don't have to get in that debate tonight. So it's not like I got a 22 or a 33 or a 10 or anything like that, which I still think is fine. So that's why I went for number one because... Uh, you're number one in my in my heart. How's that? Okay, enough sucking up. The other cool thing is uh, the Canucks g- gifted me with this name. Oh, now there's proof I use a ring light right there. boo uh, But yes, uh, a cool nameplate that I I probably can't put on my office door here, but my boss might get mad. But uh, I will maybe put this uh, take this home and put it on my wall behind me for my for my vlog. Uh, Christopher says, don't put your birth year, you might get your identity stolen. Yeah, I don't know who else is a good looking Asian guy born in, oh actually, I guess there are a lot of good looking Asian Canucks fans born in 1974. So yes, you're right, we we can't put too much, we can't put too much info out there. Okay friends, let's get to our second segment now, and as we do so, let's take a quick pause, however, for, um, just to catch our breath, and and just kind of anticipate what we're going to talk about for the next little bit. So, there are a lot of players, in particular Tyler, Tyler Myers, talking about noise. And Sam, I'm not sure if Sam is still in here. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Nanya, for, for the kind words. I appreciate it. Um, I know Sam w- was talking about this on Twitter because I, I was going through Twitter just before I started. But Tyler Myers, uh, like him or hate him, he gave a pretty um, pretty somber, honest, transparent interview. After, oh, by the way, I, I'm sorry, I'd be remiss to, to mention that it was Hockey Talks night tonight. So the annual game where the Canucks raise awareness for mental health initiatives, mental health awareness, including uh, bringing Rick Rippin's brother out, bringing the dog named Rip out. Um, so understated a little bit, but still a very important part of tonight's night. And of course, a very, very important part of of some of the Canucks community initiatives. Now, I know there are a lot of people, many people who made the connection of how can you run Bruce Boudreaux through the ringer and potentially harming him from a mental health or just self-esteem standpoint on a night where you're honoring hockey talks, kind of reminiscent of how Brock Besser almost got scratched during the Hockey Fights Cancer game. So, yeah, the timing wasn't the best. Obviously, you don't plan those type of things, but still, it was uh, was made quite... uh, quite obvious to um i mean quite obvious. it was was quite a talking point among many canucks fans i'm going to talk about the noise and tyler myers first referred to it in his in his press conference or his media availability it's not so much a press conference and tyler myers said this he said things like um the outside noise impacted the way the team played that he's never experienced anything like that before the mindset and the mood got to us. We were down, the noise is unlike anything I've dealt with. It's hard to deal, it's hard to know what to want right now because a reporter even asked him, well, what do you want for Bruce? Do you, do you, do you wish that a shoe would drop kind of the saying and, and that if there's a decision made at least for for Bruce Brujal and for the sake of this organization. And, and Tyler Myers actually, he quite he blatantly and honestly said, I don't know what to want right now. And like I said, love him or hate him, I, I give Myers credit for standing up as an assistant captain associate. What does the A stand for by the way? Is it assistant captain or is it associate captain? Or is it alternate captain? Whatever, he, he's one of those guys, one of the A captains. And I thought Tyler Myers, t- in, in my opinion, answered the questions well. You know, it's interesting, I, a lot of people do feel sorry, we'll talk about Bruce Boudreau in a second, but they do feel sorry for the players and they say, this is a tough situation. I'm not saying it's media driven or fan driven or anything driven, but it's been a tough year. You lose your starting goaltender uh, two months in and a lot of players underperforming and we, we, we don't have to go through the, the litany of things that have gone wrong in this market. So there's a, a, a portion of the fan base that feels sorry for the players. There's another portion of the fan base that said, why am I feeling sorry for a guy who makes seven million, five million, three million? One million even, which is way more than any of us make, I think. Well, I can't talk for you. Way more than I make. I work for the church, remember? So there's this thought that, uh, why am I going to feel sorry for these guys? These guys are professionals. They can they can kind of choose where they want to play ultimately. And I'm not going to feel sorry for a bunch of millionaires. And I, I, I don't agree with that. I understand that point of view as well. But Tyler Myers was showing some humility and some honesty in his in his, um, in his post game. So we know that it's weighing on the players. And you hear from Andrew Cagliano, who played under Bruce Boudreaux in Anaheim. Cagliano, uh, the guy who, who scored one of the goals for the Avalanche tonight. He always seems to be very active when he plays against the Canucks, uh, taking penalties, scoring goals. And he said this to an Anaheim reporter. I don't know what's going on here, but I love Bruce. I think he's a great man. He cares about players, cares about his team. He's a good coach. I have my thoughts on what's going on there with him on a personal level, and I don't think it's warranted. He's done a good job throughout the league. We had a lot of success in Anaheim, and I actually attribute a lot of my success in the league to him. So I owe him a lot. I love him. I think he's a good person. He's a good coach. And I think he'll come out on top of all of this. So I wouldn't bat an eye. If that was a Canucks player talking about how much they love Boudreaux, and Canucks players have kind of hinted at that over the past couple weeks. Playing for him. We love him. He's great in the room. He gave me a second chance. All those things. But to hear another player from an opposing team talk about it, that's really saying something to me. And of course players talk. A lot of these guys are best friends. You don't hate it's not like the old days. You don't hate the guy on the other team. You probably train with them in the summer. You probably take vacations with their your families together. So these players talk and every their agents talk. And especially if you're a pending UFA, you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. I'm not sure how many players right now would pick Vancouver. So for an opposing player who, yes, was coached by Boudreaux a few years ago, to say stuff like that, you know that the Canucks players are talking. You know that other players around the league are talking. And that just adds to this notion of noise. The noise surrounding this team. And this noise was amplified on Monday when Jim Rutherford did his 45-minute press conference covering 12 different topics. Everything from Tanner Pearson's injury, Thatcher Demko's injury, Tucker Pullman, contract, Bo Horvat, salary cap, trades, buyouts, Andre Kuzmenko, And then, of course, of course, Bruce Boudreaux. And Jim Rutherford said he's our coach right now. Boy, isn't that a vote of confidence. And then he goes on to say later, well, I'm not saying that we're making a change or that we need to make a change. Yet all week we've heard about the rumors of Rick Tockett starting as early as Monday. And a quick word about Rick Tockett too. He did not have a great record in Arizona, but he had a really bad team. He was assistant coach when Pittsburgh won two Cups. That's the connection with Rutherford. But I I will say this. If the move is made to Rick Tockett, I have a feeling that the Vancouver Canucks fans are going to be hard on him. And maybe, dare I say, unreasonably hard on him. It's not his fault what's happening to Bruce Boudreaux. It's not his fault that we think that Rutherford may, may be leaving Boudreau out there to twist in the wind. But I think because Boudreau is so likable, Rick Tocchet is almost going to be seen as the enemy or the evil one even before he coaches uh, a single game. So I, that's going to be a fascinating thing. I can't tell people who to cheer for, how to cheer. I've, I've always said I, I'm not, I, I have no right to gatekeep. But I do know that I'm going to be fascinated to see how Rick Tockett, if he is the next coach, is going to be received in this market. And I do think that uh, it's going to be harsher than necessary because he's, because of who he's replacing. Not because of who he is, but because of who he is replacing. And Nunnay says, yes, Tockett will be the whipping boy for manage, management's decisions. You're, you're right. And especially if Rutherford brings in Talkit because Talkit will be Rutherford's guy. Talkit will be doing Rutherford's marching orders. And then the more I think people will say, well, to Talkit, grow, grow a spine or do your own thing or or we replace Bruce for this. So I'm just saying that's going to be a fascinating storyline to watch if it d- indeed happens. But back to Bruce Boudreaux. So if the rumor is that Rick Tockett's going to start as early as Monday because we got games today and tomorrow, kind of crazy to to fire a coach on a back-to-back, but then there's a small gap between Saturday and Tuesday, the Oilers game and then the Lunar New Year Blackhawks game, then maybe that's when you make the change. And then you maybe make the change before the trade deadline so at least the coach will have a chance to work with new players and or give a bit of input. Whatever, Whatever the reason is so knowing that this talk it to vancouver starting on monday rumors out there today prior to the game uh, some of the questioning was about to bruce boudreau from thomas trance are you going to savor savor these back-to-back games this weekend basically drance was saying um savor these games knowing that they're your last games and boudreau responded candidly as he always does and in his very likable way uh, you'd be a fool not to know what's going on. In essence, he, he's hearing all the noise, so to speak. Didn't help that he didn't take the the practice, the ice practice day. So then everyone was wondering if he already got canned. And then even his wife had to call. And Bruce said, "No, I just decided not to take the, the game day skate or the game day practice." And then uh, Gemma Christian Smith asked him a question, something like, uh, "What does it mean to coach this team or coach the coach in the league?" And he couldn't answer it. He says, "I'll tell you later." And he walked off. And it was the it was the saddest thing. You guys, here was a guy who 13 months ago came in with a ball of energy, smiling, laughing, joking, being sarcastic, being playful, uh, challenging his players, having fun with his players. Heck, he even did my intro for my for my YouTube show, as many of you guys know. And so all these cool things. And now to see where he is tonight and to see where he was today. And uh, you can't help but feel for him. And even tonight, at the end of his press, so I haven't watched his presser because I had to get ready for the show, but I believe, I'm just looking at it right now, at the very end, he says, see you tomorrow, I hope. And then he, he didn't even say, see you tomorrow, I hope, and then kind of walk away. He actually, he almost mimicked getting pulled off by a cane. I'm watching right now, he goes, see you tomorrow, I hope. And he kind of does this he kind of does the, the side fade um, off of the screen, which was, I don't know if that was intentional or unintentionally comical. And <laughs> what else can what else can I say here? Yeah, uh, Sam asked a really good question. Clay, do you think the Canucks are closer to Talk its Coyotes or Mike Johnson Mike Johnson's Penguins, uh, Talk it's Coyotes? When it comes to um, performance and, and just kind of leadership and stuff like that, that's an interesting question. Yeah. So I guess Sam's hinting at, well, what can we expect when Rick Tocket does indeed come in? So here's one more thing I'm going to say and then I'm going to turn it over to all of you for the final segment. And I, I want to really get into your comments and, and, and feel the noise of this SDPN Game Over Vancouver show a lot of people have asked me why do you continue to support this team especially given the way that you know Rutherford has been treating Boudreau and like I said leaving him twisting in the wind even at the start of the season saying oh I didn't even know that he had a second year in his contract how can you not know that so for, for all Rutherford's honesty that I appreciate he he says he's not afraid to basically throw people under the bus and even run it over them a couple times. <laughs> so I, I admit, and I, and I always say, and I, I say it proudly, that um, I spend a lot of time, energy, and money on this team. That was gifted to me, but um, uh, the team recognizes that I spend a lot of time, and not so much the money. Oh, I'm sure they recognize the money, though. But the time, the energy, and the money, because... Because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this team. I have been for all 48 years of my life. But I've never, ever, in 48 years, seen this much dysfunction. Every week, there's a brand new story. Uh, I'm sure in some places we're the laughing stock of the league making the lead story on TSN, on, on Sportsnet, whatever it may be. It's tough. I... I'm 0% looking for sympathy from any of you and I don't expect you to give me any because I don't need your sympathy. I choose to devote this much time, energy and money to the team. I choose to uh, host this show, to host my own YouTube channel, to create content because I love this team. So can I feel bad for Boudreaux and still love this team? Yeah, I think I can do both. I really can um, because I still love the players. I love the community and I love... I love the excitement that comes from going to games, taking my kids to games, meeting people at the games, whatever, eating a carved sandwich at the games, drinking a lot of Pepsi at the games. By the way, my billboard's still up. I thought it was only supposed to be up for a month, but I'm not complaining. So that, that's pretty exciting. But I, I'm not stupid either. I, I realize the advantage of falling in the standings. So the Canucks are doing a really good job of. I realize that Bruce Boudreaux has not gotten a fair shake, and I do feel horribly and terrible for the man I know a lot of people, are, are. they say that they're done cheering for the Canucks, they're, they're not going to renew tic- tickets, not going to buy any merch, and like I said, I, I can't tell people how to spend their money or their energy or how to be a fan, but I, I do know that it's probably the trickiest time um, to be a fan in all 48 years of, of being a fan. Okay, friends, that's two segments down. As we head into our third segment, one last reminder to subscribe to SDPN. To like this video, yeah, we got over 20, but we're up to 65 people now, which is awesome. It's 11 o'clock on a on the East, on the West Coast. It's 2 o'clock on the East Coast. So thank you for no matter where you're watching from, thank you for sticking with me tonight. And Sam, thank you for trusting me. I, I don't think I'm doing your takes, your your tech mastery, any any uh, you know. I'm not uh, not living up to it is the word I was looking for. But uh, hopefully we will make it work. So. I want to, yeah, actually, and Joe says, yeah, the team is much more than the front office. Peter says, you can love the players, but not the front office and ownership. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to answer some of your questions for the next 10 minutes or so. You can talk about tonight's game, or maybe you want to talk about the general feel of the team right now. And especially for you Canucks fans out there, um, how are you feeling right now? Are you kind of like me, where you're frustrated, you feel bad for Bruce, but you're still going to ride or die with this team? Or are you looking at uh, giving up your Canucks membership, so to speak, Because of how frustrated you are. Let me know in the comments. And I'll get to some of them for sure. Fangirl, do you think we could see the coaching change on Sunday over Monday? Yeah, um, Fangirl, great question. I, I think the point is it won't happen before tomorrow night's game. It'll happen sometimes after, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, whatever it is. But my point is it'll likely happen between Saturday and Tuesday, whether it's Sunday or Monday. David says, perhaps the negative media coverage will finally prompt Rutherford and Alvin to make the major changes needed to the roster. Yeah, I, I think they, they're going to do that anyways, David. Respectfully, I don't think the media is going to make a difference to them. Peter, we love the players, but I hate the front office. Say what you want about Benning, but he would never do this. Yeah, I think that's fair. Jay Chong, doing this alone? Yeah, actually, it was Sam's show tonight, but unfortunately, she fell ill. I was happy to to do it, but um, I thought it wasn't fair to try and find a guest, and especially to make them stay up till, like, 11 o'clock I'm talking about this bad game. But, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I'm used to going solo. I love having the energy uh, of guests, so I, I'm fine going either way. Derek, Clay, do you think they made a mistake hiring a coach before a president of Hockey Ops and GM? it happened in 97-98 yeah we know what happened there um it's tough to say because if the Canucks were winning right now who knows maybe we'd still be going through this drama um yeah but if 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 they thought that Bruce Boudreau was the best coach at that time and place then I can see why I don't although I, I don't know if there's a big you know rush for our services so maybe you would like to see it go the other way but um yeah, that's actually a really good point. Now that I think it through, maybe we wouldn't see this same thing. But I think that you have to think of more. There are more um, kind of factors than just that. But that's a that's a fair point, Derek. Great question, Nanya. I just want some hope, and I feel like there's no hope. Yep, it's it, it does feel hopeless right now. Renegade, at the time, did you cringe when Longo opened his mouth about Tim Thomas during the playoffs? <laughs> that's a poll from twenty eleven. Yeah, um, as much as Longo was my favorite player. I think he got caught up. Speaking of noise, the theme of the night, I think he got caught up in some of the noise for sure. Fangirl is frustrated, feeling bad for Bruce, but still bleed green and blue. That's fair. That's fair. Hi T, I feel like they hired the wrong assistant coaches from the start of the season. Yeah, not a lot of love for Mikey O. Trent Call's up here now. Jason King is still there. Merritt, part of me feels like this was a vain product, project by Aquilini that's gone on for too long and we're paying the price. Don't know if this is the truth. Yeah, a lot of people putting the blame on Aquilini, although both Benning and Rutherford have said that Aquilini has never interfered, never be, uh, put up any obstacles in terms of spending money. So it's tough to say. I, I think it's easy to say, oh, Aquilini is bad. Well, we know about his, some of his business practices, or at least allegedly, but it might be easy to say that oh, Acaline is running the team; he's not letting the the management run the team. Um, but we we don't know those things for sure. We don't know those things for sure. Peter Clay, is there light? How do we get out of this darkness? Too much drama front office is pathetic. Which is the way they treated Boudreau, yeah, that's everything I've been talking about for the last half an hour. Uh, winning solves a lot, but are you not winning because the players have tuned out, checked out, not tuned out Boudreau? Is the coach kind of checked out? This is just it's ugly. And and being there at the game tonight, it felt it felt ugly. Wish we kept betting over this management group. Yeah, it's that's easy to say now. I, I hear what you're saying, but that's easy to say now in hindsight because I don't think anyone was saying that at the time. Sam was at the game. We were chatting, Bruce, there it is. Yes. Yeah, oh yes, thank you for reminding me. I forgot to mention that it got a lot of play on Twitter. After the first set of Bruce, there it is, chant. You see, Boudreaux tapping his heart twice, like saying thank you, or that really touched me. And then I think he he let out an F bomb too, like, but not an F bomb because he's mad. But like, this is very touching. F, you know, the kind of words that I say all the time. Yep, he he. I think he does know that the fans care about him for sure. There was a there was um, a tweet that I saw. Where is it right now? Um, ah. From Brendan Batchelor, Boudreaux calls the fan support he's received in Vancouver the most incredible thing on a personal level that he's ever experienced in his long career outside of winning championships. And I think that is saying a lot. Sam says, Aquilini, that's a problem. Christopher Chow, when they panned the GM and president, when the champ was going, they looked so uncomfortable. Also, thank you to you and Sam putting on a show so we can vent. Yeah, I appreciate Sam being uh, in the background, helping me out. Uh, I think uh, most of our moderators are from the East, so, and sometimes they stay up, so uh, thanks to them, but I, I know Sam doesn't have to be here. She she should be resting, but I know she was in here earlier at least, and I appreciate her as always. Do I think Bruce will secure another job? Yeah, I think Bruce will get another job. It might not be right away, but I think he's too, unless, unless he doesn't want to, but I, I don't think it's gonna be a case of he's gonna be um, shut out of jobs going forward. What are your thoughts on Ruth Alvin? I get maybe it might be fair to judge them before during the trade deadline but mistreating Boudreaux is frustrating yeah the the, the treatment of Boudreaux is frustrating but from an overall picture I know it's tougher to say this but I still can reserve judgment complete judgment until after this trade deadline and off season. Renegade with Bull Horvat on the trading block do you see Pedersen on the way out should they just tank for Bernard yes by the way if you're wondering don't don't get all surprised that Canuck Clay actually said the word tank I think I can be mature enough to say it and speak about it now, held out for long enough. I don't think they're going to intentionally tank, but you can do. You can make decisions to assist that. And I, But I, right now, I'm not worried about Pedersen wanting out. Owner hired Bruce before hired Jim Rutherford, which was a mistake. There we go, Maestro. Nanya, do you prefer the skate over the Orca? I like the Orca, but I like the skate. No, I like the skate. This is my favorite jersey, and not just because it came out. The Hughes jersey that I've been always wearing, that's my favorite one. And that's also a flying skate as well. Connor, yeah, I wish Bruce had a better experience here too. He deserves it. Jack, one thing I really hope doesn't happen is if we hire we're talking, then we start winning and in the same situation as last year. Yeah, I actually think we're too far behind. And I, and I just don't think, especially with Demko out, I, I can't see us putting on the same type of winning streak that we did last year. Rome, Acolini personally hired Boudreaux. Bruce is his guy. He hasn't said one word in defense of an employee on his payroll. I never thought about that. Yes, that's a good point. Boudreaux was Acolini's guy, and he hasn't said anything. Connor says, You expected the fans to turn on him, but they knew better. I'm happy for that. He is not the problem. It's management and the players. Yes, no argument there. Peter, if this is it for Bruce, thank you, Bruce. You brought so much joy for us fans for the brief time he was here. Second half of the season last year was so much fun. Yeah, it was an unbelievable time to be a Canucks fan. Merritt, I've been cheering for them since the West Coast Express. This honestly feels like the end of me ever wanting the Canucks to win as my own insult to the management. Can't tell you how to fan. That's fair. Yes, uh, not sure if Sam's still there, but thank you, Sam, for being here. Think we can trade multiple picks and current players for Bedard, move up the draft. Yeah, you can move up a little bit, but I'm I'm not sure if the Canucks have the pieces that will entice the team to trade Bedard. It's going to take one of PD and Hughes, but not both. Jeff King, my guess is Bruce ends up as associate coach in Toronto, video, energy, that kind of role. I can see it closer to home. My show, do you know why Francesco brothers aren't part of hockey decisions? I think Francesco is the one who loves the Canucks, and the other brothers worry about other parts of the business. So, are you doing someone in the Hockey Guys channel? Someone said there was some fans chanting "sell the team" near the end of the game. Yeah, and it's tough to say because I didn't hear it from where I was, but it could have been happening in another area of the arena but I did not hear it. Where's Ryan Reynolds when you need him? <laughs> That's funny. Do you think this ownership management in Vancouver is approaching the dysfunction Ottawa had a few years ago? Uh, it feels like it. It feels like it, but uh, hopefully they can righten the ship. Sa- oh, Sam is here, but sorry, I was talking about the other Sam, Samantha, but thank you, Sam, for being here. Do you think that Thatcher Demko will be able to bounce back, Clay? I do merit, but I don't think it has to be this year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Friends, I think I'm going to wrap up there. We're actually at the 45-minute mark. That went by really quickly and went by relatively smoothly if you take away the first three or four minutes. So I really want to thank all of you for being here. I want to thank Samantha for modding and contributing to the discussion, at least for the first half of the show. I hope Sam gets better. And having said that, Kaya. Kaya will be back on the mic tomorrow hosting Game Over Vancouver after the Canucks host Connor McDavid. And the Edmonton Oilers. I'll be going to the game tomorrow night. Rocking this thing. So if you're at the game. Make sure you look for me. Make sure you say hello. I'm in my upper bowl seats tomorrow. In section 319. With my season ticket partner Mike. So once again. Thanks for being here. On your way out. Subscribe to this channel. SDPN. Right here on YouTube. Like the video. If you're listening on a podcast platform. Make sure you rate and review. Even despite my technical glitches at the start. And you can also follow me. On YouTube. At Canuck Clay. And on Twitter, at Clay, hence the, the name on the back of my jersey. So once again, thank you to my sponsor, our sponsor, Sports Interaction. And thanks to all of you. Tomorrow, Vancouver, Edmonton, Kaya, taking care of Game Over Vancouver. So I'll make plans to join her right here tomorrow. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I gotta tell you, recently I sat next to a baby for a 10 hour flight, a 10 hour flight. And I didn't think it was possible for someone to scream for 10 hours straight without stopping. Even the baby was impressed that I pulled that off. Take care and go Canucks go. Good night everyone.